This is the Educational Triage Podcast. Welcome. We invite you to come along with us on an exploration of interviews, issues, and other exciting and relevant topics in education, especially alternative education. They say alternative education is a laboratory for mainstream education. Why? Well, join us every week and listen in as Philip Summers and I, Tony Hunt, jump in feet first to discuss issues that may affect our classes, students, communities, as well as our teaching. Please subscribe if you enjoy and find relevance in what you experience here. And if you haven't left a quick review, please do. We appreciate your candor and insights so we can improve as we move forward. Now, let's see what's on board today. And welcome back, everybody, to the Educational Triage Podcast. And this week, we're looking at Project-Based Learning, or PBL, and to help enforce, reinforce, develop, and encourage our thoughts, we have the very thoughtful Mr. Philip Summers. Hey, Philip. Wow. If I do it right, you're correct. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> At least we can all explore it together. Like indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Okay, so Alternative Ed is seen as one of the leading users and developers of project-based learning. And so mm-hmm. I thought that in order to begin with project-based learning, I'm sure that there are people out there who aren't really positive what project-based learning is. So I thought we'd go over the key concepts and then we can move on. So project-based learning are projects that are designed to simulate real-world problems or scenarios, and they also are meant to incorporate learning to make it more meaningful and relevant. So you're not learning in a vacuum. You and it's not everything is not siloed. Everything comes into context and is aligned with whatever you're doing. And students take an active role in their learning and they choose how they're going to solve and approach problems. There's collaboration, so there's teamwork, and we're going to get into that, encouraging students to work together, share ideas, and learn from each other. There's critical thinking, so they're required to analyze the information and to think critically and apply their knowledge to solve problems, and then they also will have opportunities to reflect on what the process was, the outcomes, um, what's working, what's not working, and so how do we resolve those problems at the same time? Is there anything you want to add? About project-based learning? About the the basic characteristics. Basic characteristics. Yeah, um, about project-based learning. It's really fun. Um, It can be. You know, all that good stuff, but... Yeah, if you want to build something, create something, project-based learning can really lead to great adventures. There's a ton of mistakes to be made, but that's part of the learning process, and that's what I really like about it. 
you know, because you can all look at this thing that you've like uh, a certain thing you've designed on a maker lab and look at it, it comes out looking really blobby. You think to yourself, well, then, hmm, we have to adjust some things. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, well, of course we do, because that's how it's done. It's not so schooly. And it's really exciting to create things, especially in a group of people. So, right. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. Right. But a makerspace would not be a project based learning. Well, it could. It be might be a component. Like, yeah, you're you're putting together something, and you need pieces of the maker lab, and you designed it. It comes out to be looking not quite the same. Let's say, for example, you're making a trebuchet that that the class wants to find. You know, they can launch the trebuchet. You know, the project of launching something like an apple at the furthest distance. Well, on a make, if you have a maker lab, then you'd have to maybe make some components that would make that work. So working in What was that word you used? Trebuchet? Uh, a catapult. It's actually a different than okay. a catapult. Okay, thank you. They, it, I'm sorry. In the, mid, in the Middle Ages, they used the trebuchet to launch huge things <laughs> at the castles. And, and if you make mini versions, you can see, you know, mathematically and mechanically how things work. It's fascinating. There's actually a lot right. of schools that do the, the project. Well, because if you're going to do one of those, then you're going to have to incorporate physics. You're going to have to look at the materials yeah. that are used as well. So you're going to have to look at weights. You're going to have to look at yeah. lengths. So there's a lot of mathematics, I think. But then mm -hmm. the materials, oh, yeah. I mean, how do you get the materials? How do you figure out which materials are there? Yeah. How are you going to what adapt those materials, materials in order yeah. to form what you need? Mm -hmm. Is yeah. how do you transport then, everything? There, there are a lot of components. I would uh, think just in oh, that right there. You have to make it big enough to launch. You know what? Uh, uh, a seven ounce apple, maybe a six mm -hmm. ounce apple. You know, right. and, and you have to go a distance, not like. 14 feet ahead into the dirt, you know, <laughs> so it has to be kind of scaled to work like in that realm. Yeah. I don't know exactly how it would be, but yeah, it would be fascinating to start to undertake. It's just, my mind's already starting to try to figure it out. So there you go. There I'm we go. Okay. Uh, so for the process in order to get going on project-based learning, mm -hmm. you're going to have to do the launch, which is yeah. you introduce the project with some kind of entry event that sparks curiosity and interest. So when you talk about the trebuchet or the catapult, yeah. Yeah. that, okay, investigate. Students have to explore the topic. They need to ask questions and gather information. And so they're going to be doing research. Yeah. And this is There's a good place for you to this. learn how to, this is a good place for you to even teach citations so they can go back, mm. so they can, so when, not just because of yeah. what's in the news, but also because they need to remember and have recall to those resources. So if they lose something, that there's something there that they can go back and they can double check their information. Yeah, some kind of note-taking thing. Remember that, kids? All those... I hate yeah. to take notes, but you can't recall it all if you don't take notes. Yeah. yeah. And that's where journal journal writing research mm -hmm. helps. And that is today I went to blank and I discovered blank about blank. And that way they can say that they went to this one site. This is what they found. And they can do a little mm -hmm. thing about that so they know what's there. And then they can do some marginalia about 
how that applies. Um, and I create will come into that too, because uh, you know I can't get into your brain, so you have to communicate those ideas to me. So right. writing skills are important. Use specific words and forms, please. <laughs> yeah. And then they start to develop a product or a solution that demonstrates understanding of the problem. Yeah. They're going to present in some way their work to an audience and whoever that audience is. And then they're going to reflect on the learning process so that they can figure out what could have been better what they could have done differently, maybe what would have worked well. Um, if they had to redo it, maybe- What would you have done different? Exactly. Differently. And maybe yeah. where did you waste steps? Yeah. So, How can you economize? Yeah. So the pitfalls are students may be- the superficial engagement where students are so focused on the end product that they don't pay attention to what they're actually learning. <laughs> so the content and the skills and understanding aren't really there. So that's why maybe doing the journaling on the way, because even if they're doing even if they're going to be doing some kind of a scientific experiment, they need to be journaling because they need to be able to replicate. Yeah, this, especially in scientific experiments. Right. You have to replicate. And so the, maybe the solution, um, you can bypass superficial engagement by ensuring that the projects are designed to address essential learning objectives and provide support for those key concepts as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I was just thinking of a project that I used just to get. Um, I had the I had the boys, the adjudicated mm -hmm. boys, and um, we had we made models, military models. We were studying Vietnam, and I had some models of a, I had a Huey, and I, I can't recall. Oh, uh, F four, um, and we made models. And the whole reason that I had to make the models was because first off, they're dudes and they loved it. They, for the mm -hmm. most part, they were really into it. You know, just one of those crowds. <laughs> Secondly, um, it was clean up, you know, it was set up, work on the instructions, take your time, wait for parts to dry, paint them beforehand, plan the steps, go through it. What are you going to do this day? And then clean up, you know, the whole, it took us, you know, maybe two weeks, two and a half weeks to produce a really, really nice 148 scale model. And the kids were uber proud of it. And they did it because they just had to plan everything meticulously. And they had to make sure, mm -hmm. for instance, you don't put the clear parts on before you spray paint it flat coat or, you know, guess what happens? You know, and they had to know all this stuff and it really helped them. And it was just simply teaching them how to do things in the proper order. And that was the whole thing. Plus we produced these models that we uh, used. See, maybe that would be a good preliminary step before yeah. going into project-based learning because project-based learning isn't just putting together a model. It's actually no. spending the entire day working on a project. So everything that you do during the day is relevant to that project. So yeah. for example, and I'll put the notes down below, 
in the show notes. Um, there's that one school in Michigan, a middle school, where they decided they were going to do project-based learning for sixth graders who were mm -hmm. entering into middle school. And so they started out with cooking for the first, as one of the first uh, projects that they were going to do. So they outlined they were going to do cooking. They were going to have to, science was aligned with it. So their science classes, their math classes, mm -hmm. everything that they did was aligned with what they were doing. And so the whole day, even the field trips were planned out. So the students were all going to be doing something along those lines, and they knew what it was. So there was a relevancy to the science. There was a relevancy to the mathematics class. There was a relevancy mm -hmm. to the English class. So they knew exactly what they were doing and how to put everything together. So it's not just taking a model and following the instructions, but I think mm -hmm. that that would be a really good component to it because then you talk about the technical writing. You talk about why why certain things have to be put into certain steps that also right. goes Why with the scientific method. Yeah. What comes, what comes before what, what do you need to know before you can know more? Yeah. Right. And, and, and so, how do you know that too? The, the mode of investigating that patiently and calmly. Mm -hmm. yeah. They don't yeah. have that. They have the, uh, how do I get an A? If I, but, how what four things do I have to do to get an A? It's like, well, exactly it's not like that. <laughs> no. Right. No. And so what we're looking for here is more mastery. Yeah. And it. it doesn't matter mastery. if you get everything right. Yeah. It's the process. Did you and follow the process? Yeah. Are you putting yeah. everything together as it should be? And in the reflection, what have you realized? So that it's not only thoughtful in process, but it's also thoughtful in the execution and the reflection. And yes, and, and in court, yeah, and go ahead, you may say it. And it also teaches them how to delegate and distribute. And I think we might be getting into this. Yes, we are. Um, delegate and work with participation from everybody in your team. Yeah, because yeah, that's a tough one. That's a very tough one. We're going to get into that. So yeah, that's, that's a yeah. And oh, because a lot of us just don't know how to do that. I mean, we need mm -hmm. to be taught that too. <laughs> I think I think a lot of teachers they really want to do collaborative learning. But I think yeah. we have a lot of parents who don't like collaborative learning because they don't want their child oh, well. to be dependent on other people. They want their kid to be the star. They want their kid to be mm -hmm. able to do things independently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In other words, well, with their help, way, not you know? with the help of somebody else in the class who may not know as much as the parents know. Yeah, it's interesting to note, though, too, at the end of this all, when you're trying to apply for college, you're never looked at as the part of a group it's like your name and here you are and your birthday right. and what have you done so it does kind of drive that interesting yeah but you're right that happens <laughs> yeah so you need to be able to plan these things with a clear purpose so that they understand what the mm -hmm. purpose is so you need to have the objectives out there for them yeah. and you need to communicate those clearly so before you even begin 
that needs to be communicated. And what are the expectations? And what's the relevancy? If a student doesn't see relevance mm-hmm. to what they're doing, their their capabilities kind of go down a little bit of a slope because they don't see why they should put forth the energy. Relationships, rigor, and relevance. There the three R's. Oh. Yeah, we got, the kids got to know. It's like, why am I doing this? It's just not going to drive you very long. No, <laughs> no. But if everything's clear and if everybody's in the same boat, there's going to be days, I mean, where you walk in and you go, oh, my God. But, yeah, you know, it's be on all the time. But... Right. So it has to be interesting. So that's that's the other thing about project based is a lot of times you can kind of lend itself to student interests. You know, if you want the kids to get involved, say, what, what could we do? How could we make this a, into a project? And that would be where you take a look at the student map that you've made for each student and you figure yeah. out how that might apply. So or the groups, you know. now in your planning, <laughs> in your planning. You need to make sure that things are clear, concise, and that they are yep. they have clear direction. And so yeah. you want to make sure that you have scaffolding, scaffolding activities, checkpoints, benchmarks, resources, and maybe you're yeah. going to hit a snag and you brainstorm with the students. What are some of the things that we find that we need? How do we get those? So mm-hmm. maybe you even like you may even plan for those snags if you can. Plan on one happening or a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, use them as the learning, not the uh, roadblock. Now, unequal participation. This is the one that clinches everybody. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Why should I do it? He's going to do it all anyway. They're too bossy. Why should I do it? They're not the boss of me. I'll tell you, I had one student refuse to participate with the rest of his team because he said he did all the research and they didn't do any of it. No, because they were each doing their own component because they were doing the mathematics. They were doing the designs. They were doing everything else. And then they had to come together to engage each other to find out what they had so that they could combine their information mm. in creating their project. And he refused to do that with them because they were not allowed to have his research because he did it and they didn't help him. Okay. Wow, okay. If you're making the same face that Philip is, that was the same face I made. <laughs> so... I sent them off and I told them to come to an agreement and three of them came back and said, this person is unwilling to budge. And I said, okay. So I joined, we went through this whole brouhaha until finally it became apparent that this person was never going to engage with the rest of the team and they weren't going to do it. So they ended up being fired. Mm -hmm. I had a chair thrown at me across the room And um, that person was removed from the premises. And then they came back, apologized, and demanded that they be able to do the project on their own. So they were given something completely different. Um, And the other team player. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I did, I did give his research to them to finish. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have this thing where people feel that they need to dominate and that they need to be the ones to take over. So this is where you, or they're just lazy in high school. They just go, Oh yeah. Yeah. You get that done. You get that done. I mean, I, I did that same project thing in high school and as a 16 year old, I wasn't a, great taskmaster. <laughs> so, <laughs> I ended up doing the whole project. But if you go around and you talk to people and you say, okay, here are the different roles yeah. and here are your expectations. There you go. Because you said that. Make it clear. Yeah. And there it is. You if you have clear roles works. and clear expectations, if little Dobby Doobie doesn't want to do their part, then they are the ones that are going to be the weak link. And you ask the others, how are they going to deal with that? Because Dobby Doobie is now off to the side and Dobby Doobie doesn't get the grade. Dobby Doobie doesn't get the participation <laughs> points. Dobby Doobie gets to do nothing. And while Dobby Doobie is off sulking, the rest of them are collectively working together. Dobby, Dobby, Doobie. So Dobby, Doobie, you might find something else for them to do, which is probably Mm -hmm. not as fun, but it's still relevant to whatever it is so that they're still working on that process. Yeah, you got to figure out something. I just kind (laughs) of worry about their future. It's like, well, you're going to be a lone wolf. (laughs) However, some people are. They are. I, I don't have to say, you have to get along with people. It's like, dude. I work hard to get along with people. You may not, I, I don't know, some days I don't want to get along with people, so I get you. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I was telling you that I met a former student for coffee today, and he looked at me and said, dude, you are not a people person. And I said, oh, why would you say that? He said, oh, you made that so apparent in class. He said, it's not that you weren't approachable. It's just that we could tell when you were irritated and had enough. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, oh, wow. Well, yeah, that's weird. But he said, you know, you helped us. I mean, you did a lot for us. But when there was enough, there was enough. You didn't put up with a whole bunch of extra stuff. (laughs) So, and it really depended on the day. Um, Now, how are you going to assess everything? Where does the assessment come in? Do you have ongoing assessment? Do you have rubrics so that they can look and they can monitor and adjust and learn how to monitor and adjust? Are you going to teach that? Is it going to be open-ended so that if they need to adjust, that they can that they can raise whatever it is and they can improve their scores as they move along? So always, always, yeah. And you know, the thing about just the dynamic of of getting through the group, it it's the same as the end of the project. You know, there's gonna be failures mm-hmm. and there might be relationship failures. But if you see the group really trying to break through or they're just not getting along or they don't get along in the end, but you can kind of see how that worked. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, 
see work. You didn't do really well, but you did struggle through this and did learn some things too. The objective wasn't met per se, but you're still graded because you guys struggled through it and you did learn some things about it. You weren't per se very successful because it's really hard as a teenager to park like ego or fear. A lot of kids are scared. Like the kids who, I can't do a project. If I get anything less than an A, I'm going to, or an A plus now for the, for that matter, they hand out A pluses. So if you get less than an A plus in a class, mm-hmm. it can put you below a four point, <laughs> but you know, there's some serious yeah. concern there. So, yeah. And it, I think in two I would weeks, definitely put that, yeah. in two weeks time, yeah. you and I are going to be talking about grading and assessment too, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's, a, yeah, it's really important to grade everybody as individuals, not per se as the group or the bell curve or the, because kids are all over the board. Right. Ability, but you still need to have those clear objectives. Security. Yes. There should be something that they're working towards. So you can say mm-hmm. here again, focus on this. And, you know, and I think yeah. you brought up something that was really important. And that is how do you teach relationships? How do you teach getting along with people? How do you teach right. problem solving, not just with mathematics, not just with a piece of silly putty, but mm-hmm. how do you how do you resolve issues within your team? How do you resolve mm-hmm. and try to have things going on? Because even mm-hmm. though you're not privy to other people's private lives, what are the things that might happen? And this is where I would say that positive peer culture might actually come into play in some ways. And so if you need to look at that, look at Henry Vorath, um, or you can read uh, Joe McQueen's book. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, just handling those situations and coming up with a, with a method that's, that is, I don't want to say continuous, but it's something that they can do and that becomes a norm in the class. Well, yeah. And let's not forget that these are kids and Mm -hmm. up to the age of 18 and maybe 19. And so they're still not mature and they've gone from a dependent relationship where they know who's the boss, mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Then they go to the teacher and they know who's the boss, the teacher. And so they can always defer to that. And you throw them in those environments where now you're working with peers, people of equal status and equal power. And they don't have that North Star. A lot of the kids need, you know, well, actually all of them, we all do need training at that point to know how to get along with people. And accept them for what they do, and not be impos- you know, be imp- impose upon them, and at the same time, you know, keep your boundaries clear, because we just don't know how to do it. We're growing up, and I think that's where your ability to be the Goodyear blimp and just sort of hover around and come around, right. so that when they need you to pop in and offer advice, a little nudge here and there and then pop back up into the sky to oversee everything. And they all know that you're there. Right. But it's it, it gives them that sort of safety, that cloud of safety. That I hadn't thought about. That's absolutely right. Because when I'm in a classroom, I don't sit at the desk. I wander. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to creep. 
<laughs> but, you know, but I, and if I know the class, if I'm a sub, I, it's kind of like, hmm, because they're going, why is this guy just wandering? But if I know the class, everyone knows I never sit down. You know, I'm with them. I'm over there. I'm doing this. So that's kind of how you're right. They're kind of the, I'm here if I need to be, but I don't want to be. <laughs> And every time, every it. once in a while, you know, you kind of crash land and you say, what's going on here? Yeah. And you check in with every one of them and you yeah. see what's happening. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times everything is going just fine. And then you leave and two seconds later, it's like, hey, we have a question. <laughs> so, you know, true. it happens. Okay. Now, time management. You're going to have to look at your time management. So if projects are taking a lot longer than you had thought in your particular area, or if you're struggling so that the students just, they're moving at a slower pace, maybe some students are are hitting it and they're doing really well. Come up with something else that they could be doing. Have you thought about technical writing? Can they put into steps exactly what they did that day and write down and what the possible implications of what they did or what they discovered are? Can they make note cards out of the research that they did? Mm-hmm. If they're taking way too long, find out why. What's what what would they need in order maybe to speed things up? Or maybe you just didn't allot the right amount of time. And so this can be a combination discussion for everybody. That's true. And so if you're unwilling to ask the students for feedback, you've got an issue on your hands and the issue is you. So you need to be able to say, okay, so what happened today? Did today work or did today not work? Maybe a good assessment for the day would be the students grade the day and grade the use of time. And that way, Mm -hmm. while you're developing this, because you've got to look at things as always in development. Maybe Uh, they just can say that. Maybe you say, give today a grade, not on your work, but on what the expectations were, how much time you had, mm-hmm. and how you feel. Do you feel as though you were able to use your time to your best benefit? Yes or no? If not, why? And you have them type that in and shoot that off to you if you're using Jigsaw, if you're, mm-hmm. you, you know, whatever, Jamboard, whatever it is. It's important to understand that, uh, to use an analogy in writing, I think Hemingway said it. Somebody can correct me. Um, He's never finished with a work. He just decides when to stop and submit it. Mm -hmm. So if time and the result can't be, they're not the same at all. If your due date is two weeks from now and you want them to create this thing, and by two weeks, some of them haven't created that thing, that just means that their process was different. 
And it may be that they were not doing it correctly to the point where I almost was like mouthpiece. It's, it's like, yeah, that's just horrible. But it could be that they took it off in a different tangent and they're creating a different sort of approach to it. They just haven't enough time because they digressed and moved forward and did things like that as the process demands when you're working with a group. So the deadline kind of has to be thrown out in a way without telling them. I think I think you hit on something really good there, and that is because you want it to happen in a certain way doesn't yeah. mean it has to happen in that way. Right. There are Including several ways. The there are so many different ways to approach a problem right. or an issue right. or to create something. And let the students teach you so that you learn at the yeah. same time. Teachers are lifelong learners. So you should always be open to what they're there to teach you. And maybe you might have some epiphanies, as will they, as you go along. And mm -hmm. so that's why you require their feedback. They require your feedback. Think of it as, think of yourself as a fungi. And no. okay. it's a symbiotic relationship. So, and hopefully you mm -hmm. will grow on them and they will like it and it's beneficial. Um, yeah. So I, I like that whole approach. It's, it just makes so much more sense because you have an out uh, or you have an expectation of what the output's supposed to be. And that yeah. just limits the whole process because as a teacher, uh, yeah, okay. You got a good batting average, but you don't hit home runs every time you get up to bat. You don't. Nope. You don't. Lots you have different learn, pitchers, you have change. different weather, you have breezes, mm -hmm. you have all kinds of variables mm -hmm. that enter technology into comes along, <laughs> oh, changes yeah. everything. <laughs> almost sounds like teaching. Wait. <laughs> so limited resources. So maybe you don't have all the resources that you need. What yeah. can you do without those resources or how are you going to overcome those? This is a great lesson in, in problem solving. Innovation, just wow. Um, I don't know what I need, so how can I make it? Right. So maybe you build that into the lesson, or maybe you need to, while you're doing the planning, because project-based learning can't be, it can be done on the fly, but you've got to be really quick to to foresee and and prophesize what's needed long before it's needed so that you have everything available. Mm -hmm. And then there's a resistance to change. And some students mm -hmm. need things to be one, two, three. Some teachers mm -hmm. need things to be ABC. I've always Believe done me. it this way. <laughs> yes, we've always done it this way. Why do we need to change? In fact, teachers tend to be the most change-resistant people I have ever met. They are oh very gosh. controlling. So um, professional development, look for professional development. Where can you go to learn more about it? Um, and just be intrigued. Be Allow yourself to be open to ideas and work with people. Don't be little Dabidoo who needs to set off to the side and do their own project. 
You know, I thought about um, that because one of the things I like about being a teacher is that I like to bring what's outside of the classroom inside mm-hmm. because that's actually what we're supposed to be learning about. I, I'm not learning. You're not learning about the subject. You're learning about the subject as it, it relates to the world. So exactly. when the world comes in, like my Everest project, when I got latched onto that and found out about the science in it, the geography, the, you know, the anthropology, the whole nine, it's like, wow, this thing's loaded. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it, the project was to climb the mountain, you know, basically pretty simple, but along the way, it was right. pretty complicated. So what we're talking about then is we're talking about creating an environment of student-centered learning. Yeah. There's implementation. We've talked about a little bit about that, community engagement, flexible scheduling, multidisciplinary integration, and you'll see a little bit more about that, technology integration, and alternative assessment methods. So mm-hmm. the reason why I flew through those Oh, professional development for educators is another big one. And that's a great one just to throw out. Give me some projects that are real-world projects that students will be interested or intrigued Mm -hmm. in and who would like to work with me on something like this and how do we put this together because I'd like to do a multi-skill thing. Um, And there's also metacognition and doing the reflective piece. So... Here is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give a couple of um and I have some resources down below in the show notes. And as we run out of time, because we're running short, I want to keep this well under an hour. Here's one project that is an example, and it's the environmental sustainability project. And students are tasked with addressing a specific environmental issue in their local community, such as waste reduction, water conservation, or renewable energy. So students would conduct research on that environmental issue. They examine its causes, impacts, and potential solutions. They can gather data through interviews, surveys, or field visits. So what are some ideas that you might have for your students doing this? Uh, Students and, you know, the students create a comprehensive sustainability plan that include practical steps for addressing the issue. Now, we're not expecting them to create some kind of sustainability initiative that's going to be undertaken by the community, the state or the city. We want them to actually learn about what it takes. And Mm -hmm. if they do a good enough job, then maybe it is something that you present. I mean, yeah, (laughs) there could be some real new ideas. Oh, yeah, definitely. Way different points of view. I've kind of exhausted mine, so I'm looking to other people, yeah. So – Propose and implement recycling programs, awareness campaigns, or designing eco-friendly solutions. They can present their plans to the school or the community, emphasize the importance of environmental stewardship, 
and then afterwards they can reflect on the effectiveness of their plans, what they learned, and how they can continue to make a positive impact. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the one thing that you might think of when, if you're going to design something like this, which is... What would those think of one thing. what are some of the sustainability plans or what are some of the things that you have available to you in the community? Do you have solar panel companies? Do you have wind power? Do you Good have wetlands. for generating amongst the wetlands? Well, How would you I mean I was thinking about sustainability? Wetlands are imperative to sustainability. Oh, and definitely. So let's say you have kids who are duck hunters mm-hmm. and they really like their wetlands. Okay, well, there you go. It's it, it keeps our community sustainable. It's good for our community. What are we going to do about wetlands? How could you, you know, work out plans to sustain some of your wetlands, to preserve them, uh, to, to increase them if need be, things like that. That's a big, huge project that would really appeal to a kid who is like a hunter or really involved in it. Yeah. Out of curiosity, are wetlands created through secession? Secession? Uh, that's a that's a phrase that I'm not. You mean seceding water per se, or? Well, oh, you know, you have yeah, a pond, and then eventually you have plant life that creeps in. Yeah. Okay. To that pond. Oh, oh cessation. C e s s. Sorry. Yeah, more or less, and it, it creates its own echo. Uh, it's, it creates its own environment. Psychosphere. Right. Frogs and I live in a place called Grass Valley, which is wetland city. And when it, after it rains and it's a little warm lately, I got frogs because they're kind of dumb yeah. frogs. But come spring and summer, holy cow, this place is like full of frogs. Uh, I got deer that live in the mm-hmm. thickets on the way on the wetlands, and it's really quite a little ecosphere there. Yeah, we and, have we have a lot of wetlands here. We get a lot of frogs in the summer. Right. And um, we have cougar. We have yeah, we do tons of coyotes. I take my dogs for a walk and we'll see the coyotes and they don't like yeah. me. I don't know why. I keep running over to them saying, come here. And then they run <laughs> off. Yeah. I'm surprised they even stay. A lot of them just walk away. Um, yeah, well, like you know, I have small dogs. And generally speaking, the coyotes will walk down the middle of the street, white past us. Early in the morning or late at night. And um, yeah, we just have, there's a ton of wildlife. When I first moved here, it, there was so much more, but with development and everything else, it's gotten, the traffic has just gotten incredibly more. And so, which is our point, you know, that sustainability of everything includes the sustainability of wetlands and, and echo environments that you know used to exist or now houses, yeah, mm-hmm. deer yeah. everywhere. Noticed, so, you know. so there's so many things there, and so it really helps to bounce ideas off of other people. And are you going to assign homework on this? This is a huge one. If you assign mm-hmm. homework and have them take work home, how many of your students are going to be having their parents? do some of their work for them. Mm-hmm. There's that dynamic. And I would caution you that all work stays there at school. And if parents are upset, yeah. that tells you something right there. 
Well, so you know, they can do research at home. Dynamic too. Yeah. They can, we're they can the do dynamic of working on the kids. So we right. want to be an overseer of that. You don't want that undermined by some kid going off, having their parent hire out somebody to do it. Exactly. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. that would, that's a big wrench coming from outside and then right into the gears. <laughs> My dad works for the Corps of Engineers, and this is what he came up with. <laughs> I talked to my Uncle Bob, who said, oh, yeah, that's good, but he can't write it for you. No. <laughs> so you want to make sure that it's all doable within. If they want to do extra out-of-class research, that's fine. They can mm. talk to other people, and then they can bring that into their group. Um, what kinds of – Make it better. And then are you going to have – Different people come in, different conservatorship, you know, conservation, conservationists come in and speak to your class. Are you going to take your class to different venues where they can explore and they can look? What are you going to do scientifically? Are you going to look at as some of the biomes? Are you going to? As long as it's relevant, they want to get yeah. their project done and they don't want to waste time. So it's my, it's this work for our project. I'm in. <laughs> Well, I think that it would work for everybody's project and, you know, there's going to be a small tie-in somehow. So you really want to have everything planned out. It's not something that you're going to say, I think I'll do this. And then tomorrow you just launch it with the kids. Have the whole thing planned out, the steps that you need and have fudge room where you can put things in, but don't have everything down so that you know exactly what's going to happen every day. Maybe you have each week planned. Oh, yeah. I mean, project and if you're, based, like you said, clear expectations. And right. And if you have two to yeah. three weeks planned out, you can always right. nud, you can always snuggle one week into another week that didn't take as long as the other one. And maybe something else is going to move a little bit longer. So just be open to that and just take notes and just remember okay. this too, that what works with one group of kids is not going to work with another group of kids. Every time a, that you do dynamic. this, it's, it's, it's going to be completely different. I know this. Yeah. I made that mistake years ago. I mm. took, we were doing a history project and I gave it to one group of kids and they went to town with it. They had the best time. They learned so much. Um, and then three years later, I gave it to another group of students, and they looked at me like I was walking around with half a head. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's the matter? And they said, we don't get it. And I said, well, this is how we're going to do it. And I had everything clearly laid out. And they just said, yeah, it just doesn't work for us. And so- you read the room, I guess, Yeah. Yeah. And so what I had to do was I had to pull back because I had my expectations were too well-defined. I had everything down to what exactly I wanted them to do, and I hadn't given them enough license. To create. Now, with some students, though, they wanted me to be even more specific because they didn't know how to deal with decision-making. So we had to go into that and they didn't trust themselves. So there are so many different issues that you might run into. So just be prepared for different classes. Mm -hmm. They do. They change. You got to teach some other skills sometimes. 
They are their own ecosystem. They are their own ecosystem. <laughs> okay, so we also have a project for historical inquiry and museum exhibition, mm-hmm. another one for entrepreneurship, <laughs> business, and project. And, you know, there are just different ways that you can do things, but you're going to get the language arts. You're going to get the math. You're going to get the science. And you're going to be able to build in art. You're going to be, you know, why can't you put in some PE and some walking or something that goes on? But there should be a lot of motion. There should be a lot of action going on in your classroom. And so make sure that you're doing a lot with that. So next week, we are taking this a step further. And we are going to talk about what the differences are between project-based learning, career and technical education, and vocational education. Mm -hmm. Because it's really simple to have all of these tangled up. So we're going to have a discussion about that. And in two weeks, we will be talking about assessment and grading practices. So... Please join us then. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that like button. Leave us a review and leave us a like if you are on podcast or if you're on YouTube. And with that being said, Philip, thank you so much. Hello. Thank you. And until then, reach for the stars. Keep your feet on the ground. Bye-bye.